You're listening to the River City Church Podcast. Our desire is that you know Jesus, experience freedom, find community, and discover purpose. For more information, check us out on social or visit us at rivercitychurch.co. Here's what I know. God told me a while back that when we come to him with expectation, he meets us with his reality, and his reality always surpasses our expectation. And so wherever your expectation is, that's where God's going to meet you and then some. So if I can challenge you this morning to raise your expectation of what you're going to receive from God this morning, he's going to surpass that. And as he surpasses it, he's going to put something on your heart to do. When God gives us something, he always brings action to it. So I would encourage you, don't just receive what God wants to give you this morning, but put the action behind it that he's going to ask of you. Today's, the title of the message is All in. Everybody, do me a favor, say all in. All right. That was much better than the nine o'clock service, but don't tell them I said that. Um, so all in. And what I want you guys to do as I'm, as I'm talking through this a little bit, I want you to think in your minds of someone you think of when you hear the words all in. When you hear that phrase, obviously that's when someone is all in, they're going to be persistent. They're not going to let anything stand in their way. When, you, when I think of someone who's all in, I think of someone who's at the top of their field, whether it's someone that we know, a celebrity, an athlete, somebody that we read about in the Bible, somebody that's in the community. When I think of somebody all in, they are at the top of their field. They're giving everything they have. They eat, sleep, and breathe, whatever that is. And what my challenge is for you guys this morning as we receive the word is to push yourself to be all in in your relationship with God. And if we can prioritize being all in on our relationship with God, we're going to be able to be all in on everything else that falls underneath that. When it starts with God, he'll make sure everything is in place. It doesn't mean everything's going to be easy. When we're all in with God, it doesn't mean that we're not going to face obstacles. But what it means is God's going to make sure that he's with us through the rest of it. When we're prioritizing our relationship with God, we're not going through the struggles alone. We're not walking through life abandoned. We're not orphans, but we are chosen and we belong to the family of Christ. And if we can choose to be all in on our relationship with God, he's able to take us further than we could ever imagine. I know for me, when I think of someone who's all in, I think of a dude named LeBron James. I might ruffle some feathers this morning, but when I think of the words all in, I think of the best basketball player to ever walk planet Earth. Um, So we can debate it later after service if you want. But here's, and here's why I say that. I want to break some things down for you about LeBron James. On February 7th, 2023, in the third quarter of a game that they were playing against the Thunder in Los Angeles, LeBron James made history by breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's NBA all-time points record of 38,387 points. So LeBron James is the number one scorer in all of NBA history, and honestly, it's going to be very difficult for anybody else to come close to the number that he's going to set And when I talk about LeBron James being all in, that obviously comes to mind. But I want you guys to think about this dude's career if you don't know a lot about basketball. So the average NBA career is only five seasons. LeBron James has played the average NBA career four times over. In 70 years, the NBA has only had 50 players to reach 20,000 career points, LeBron James being one of them. But now at this point in his career with 39,060 points, LeBron James has nearly and most likely by the time he retire will have done that twice. The man is 38 years old 
and still dominating the league that's filled with the best basketball players around the world. Listen, especially to the men, if you're 38 years old, don't let your wife crush your dreams of being an NBA player, okay? I believe in you. You can do it. Shelby, no matter what you say, I could still dunk on Derek. But here's the thing about LeBron James. Why would I consider him as being somebody who's all in? I mean, just if you look at the dude's statistics, he dominates every time he steps out on the court, and he's only getting better with age. He's still the guy on his team. Everything still runs through him. Now, has he always had, has he been the best player on the court every single game? No, but what makes him all in is even if he's not the best player on the court, he's pushing to be the best player on the court. When you think of someone who's all in, it means that there's no obstacle that's going to stop them from attaining the goal that they set out for themselves. That's why this dude is 38 years old and still dominating the league. I want you guys to know that that when we go all in on our relationship with God, the things that might have stopped us before we went all in, we'll be able to easily cross over as we get to them when we're with God. Going all in on your relationship with God doesn't make you better than somebody else, but it makes it better than the person you were yesterday because we're partnered with God, and he's walking with us. We should be all in. I remember I have one of my best friends from Florida. If you don't know, I'm a Florida boy, 26 years, born and raised in Florida, and now I'm in Iowa in the frozen tundra. I'm okay with it. Um, but I remember... Growing up in Florida, one of my best friends, his name was Brian, not Pastor Brian. You are one of my best friends, but not the best friend in the story. Um, So me and my friend Brian, we were going out. We were going to catch some fish. On this particular day, we went to a place called Mayaka State Park, and we were going to go out. They they had this dam that you could walk on probably as wide as this table, and it was right on the river. We were going to go out. We were going to catch some tilapia. We were going to bring them home. We were going to cook them up for dinner. We were invested and convinced that we were eating fish for dinner that night. So we go out there, and to my surprise, the dam that we would go out to is gated off because of alligators. There's an over-surplus population of alligators. Like, listen, in Florida, an alligator's like seeing a deer around here. It's not that big of a deal. They're fine. It's just a dinosaur walking around on the earth. And so we decided to jump the fence that they put to keep us off of the dam, and we went out there to catch some fish. And as soon as I cast my line in the water... I get a tug from a fish, and I see three alligator, three sets of alligator eyes that are hanging out on the river in front of me. They go underwater, and I see their tails start to swim towards me. So I'm like, all right, I think I might be about to die. But what I decided to do, instead of dropping my fish and saving my own life, is I decided to reel the fish in as I was saving my life. So I'm running away from the dam. Oh, I jump over the gate, throw my rod and the fish over the gate. And me and my buddy Brian made it to safety with a really good-sized tilapia. The only problem was we almost lost our life, but then we looked at each other and we're like, we're all in. We're trying to catch some dinner tonight. So we jumped back over the fence, <laughs> but like any good Florida boy, Florida boy would do, we make up a plan because if you're going to be all in, you have to have a system in place. You have to have some things that, some guidelines that you go by. So we decided one person would cast and catch a fish. The other person would watch the alligators that are watching us. And so it works out pretty great for about five fish into the decision But then, as we're on the dam, we're probably about from me to the wall away from the gate we jump over. There's a bunch of sawgrass, and we hear some rustling in the sawgrass. And as soon as I cast my line in the water, we just hear like, and we see these giant alligator paws just walk across 
the pathway, walks into the other side of the sawgrass, and this sucker just lays himself down right in our pathway. All I see when I look at the gate is alligator torso, like solid leather muscle. And that is our only way of escape. It's either there or through the woods. And so now I'm freaking out. The, until this point, I was pretty okay with it. My friend Brian's ultra hilly billy. And so that's what we call him in Florida, hilly billy. So he's an ultra hilly billy, and he grabs the, he takes my rod that still has a fish on the hook, reels in the fish, takes it off the line. Mind you, we still have alligators that are swimming up to us. I was like real life Daniel in the lines then type situation because they stayed away from the dam and were just staring at us. And so my buddy takes the fish. Can we throw that picture on there? He lures the alligator. The picture doesn't do it justice. I had like five feet on this alligator. He takes the fish, that's in the sand. He starts smacking it on the ground by the alligator and lures the alligator away from the gate, throws the fish into the water. The alligator chases the fish and we jump over to safety. And yes, I prioritize getting a picture of this while we're trying not to lose our life, if you're thinking that. Um, we are Florida man. And so, but here's, here's why I wanted to share that because I, wanna, I want you guys to understand that when we're all in on something, there is no obstacle that's gonna make us turn back. When we're all in on something, there will be things that oppose us. There will be things that push against us. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but God has come to give life and life more abundantly. When we're walking in our calling, when we're choosing to be all in on our relationship with God, things will oppose us. But when we choose to be all in, it means that there's no obstacle that's going to separate us from the love of God. So I want to challenge you guys as this morning we talk about going all in, think about those obstacles that you would say stand in front of you right now. And I want you to imagine making the decision to be all in with God and he just makes them go away. It's not, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy every single day, but it makes it easier to overcome the obstacles when we choose to go all in with God. Because here's the thing about God, what I love about him is he's all in on us. There's never been a moment in your entire life when God has decided, mm, I'm going to take a little bit of love away from them. The Bible says that there's no height, depth, no angel nor demon or anything of all creation that can separate you from the love of God. He's constantly, freely, unconditionally giving it to you. Always. And it's up to us whether we go all in back. And that's what we're going to talk about doing this morning. I want to read from the book of John about a dude named Peter. Jesus and Peter had a conversation. We're going to read it one time through, and then I'm going to teach a little bit on it. We're going to read it a second time through with some new perspective. But in John chapter 21, verse 15, it says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? Peter replied, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. And as we read this conversation at first, it might look like, Jesus is just asking Peter these questions over and over and over again, like maybe some of your kids do. You ever get the same question over and over? There's some parents who should be raising their hands. We got your kids every Sunday. We know, we know it's true. 
But you have, those, you have those kids, why, mom? Why, why, why? And it seems like that might be what Jesus is doing here with Peter. But it's important to know context. And when we look at the original Greek translation of this passage, when Jesus and when Peter each use the word love, there's two different versions of the word love used in the Greek language. So there's agape love. Can you guys say agape? Great job. The highest form of love, often used as a representation of God's love for us and the love we should give back to God. There's no love, there's no form of love in the Greek language higher than the form of love, agape. So there's agape love and phileo. Everybody say phileo. Man, you guys are professionals. Phileo love, that's brotherly love, used as a representation of people-to-people love, right? So we're going to read this passage again, and everywhere that it says love, we're going to put the original translation form of the word love, whether it's agape or phileo. Remember, agape, the highest form of love, phileo, that's like person-to-person love. It's lower than the agape form. So John chapter 21, verse 15 When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you agape me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I phileo you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you phileo me. Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I phileo you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. So here's the thing about Peter is he was perfectly fine taking that love from Jesus when Jesus was like, I love you as much as I can. Peter, here's the highest form of love I can give you. Do you love me back that way? And Peter goes, uh, actually, Jesus, that's great that you love me like that. I'm going to keep you at an arm's distance. You guys got any of those people in the family? Maybe you saw them at Thanksgiving. It's like, you love them, but uh, keep that distance, right? So that's kind of how Peter's feeling about Jesus right now. And Jesus asks him again, do you agape me? And Peter says, yeah, I phileo you. And Peter is fine with that. He was fine having that kind of relationship with Jesus. But as soon as Jesus meets Peter where Peter is at, Now Peter takes offense. Because I don't think Peter was offended that Jesus asked a third time. I think Peter was offended at the way Jesus asked the third time. Because now Peter starts feeling like, whoa, Jesus, why'd you take some love away from me? Just because I wasn't willing to go all in on you, why are you not going to go all in on me? And that's that's what this all in thing looks like. I want you to imagine Now, Jesus was just trying to prove a point. He didn't really take any love from Peter. But I want you to picture yourself in Peter's shoes. Are you in a spot where you're willing to say, Jesus, I agape you? Or where you are right now, are you just in a, Jesus, I phileo you level? And honestly, I've been in a spot in my life a lot of times where I just phileo loved Jesus. I wasn't ready to go all in. I wasn't in an emotional state to say, you know what, God? Yeah, I agape you. I put my love for you above everything else in my life. And what I want you to hear this morning is if that's where you are, that's okay. It's okay to struggle with that. It's okay to give that love back. Why? Because it's a process. The love of Jesus is a perfect love. The love that we have isn't always perfect. But we can grow and become closer and make that choice every single day to go all in 
on our relationship with Jesus. And so I have three simple points this morning. How can I go all in? How can I agape love God the way that he agape loves me back? So how do I go all in? Number one, I have to make time. We have to make time. And I promise you, some of you might be thinking, Jacob, you don't know how busy my schedule is. We got kids in the morning. We got work in the, in the middle of the day, kids again at night. You might be looking at your schedule thinking how busy you are with work. There's no way I can make time. I promise you, no matter how busy your schedule is, you can still make time for God. And here's what I love. When we choose to start to make time, and maybe at first we need to start scheduling out our time with Jesus. Maybe you need to write down, okay, this is what my daily schedule looks like. Where can I make time for God? And here's what's going to happen. As you prioritize making time for God, rather than you finding time in your schedule to fit Jesus, you're going to notice yourself pushing the other things aside because you want that time with Jesus. So if you choose in today to make it a priority, it's going to become something that you don't want to go without. But maybe you're in a spot where you need to schedule it. You need to make it in there. And I promise you, you're not too busy to make time for God. He's not asking you to go sit by yourself for five hours with worship music on in the background. He's asking you to spend time with him as you would any other relationship in your life. Just spend time with him. You don't have to be sitting anywhere special. You can spend time with God in the car. You can spend time with God in the gym. You can spend time with God while you're sitting at your desk at work, whatever it is. Make time to spend time with Jesus. I remember when Shelby and I were dating we lived 40 minutes away from each other. But there was, but what I made sure I did, because I wanted her to know how much I loved her and how much I valued her, I made sure that I made time to take that 40-minute trip, what ended up being 80 minutes there and back, so that we could spend time together. I made time in my schedule to make sure we were together. And it paid off because she put a ring on it. And so I want to encourage you guys... I want to encourage you guys, when you make time for God, it's going to pay off. Why? Because you're going to start to get closer to God. Just like you do any other relationship. How do you get closer with that person? You spend time with them. You talk with them. You cry with them. You laugh with them. You tell them when you're mad. You tell them what makes you happy. Shelby knows when I'm about to get really upset. There's a couple times Shelby would be like tapping my leg like, you need to calm down before you say something Jesus wouldn't say to that person. And nobody else around would know what I'm thinking, but because of the time Shelby and I have spent together, she can read me like I'm a picture book because of that time. We need to make time. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus says, Behold, I'm standing at the door knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice, open, and if your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come into you and feast with you and you will feast with me. All we have to do is open the door to Jesus. You don't have to do all this crazy stuff. You don't have to, to set up all these prayers to have all your, all your stuff in order before you can spend time with God. He just wants to be with you. He just wants to be close with you. He wants to be all in on you. And all we have to do is open up that door and make that time with God and we will get close to him. So how do we go all in? Number one, we have to make time. Number two, this is probably one that nobody likes to hear, but we have to sacrifice. To sacrifice. That is not a very fun word to hear. 
When you go all in with anything, you have to sacrifice something. And what I would say is if you're struggling in a certain area, whether it's in a relationship with somebody, whether it's at work, whether, whether it's with your kids, whatever it is, if you're struggling to succeed, if you're struggling to feel like you're doing well in that area, I would maybe self-reflect and say, am I sacrificing anything for this relationship? Am I giving anything up? Because if we're just in a transactional relationship, there's no benefit to the other person. And eventually that transactional relationship, what we're transacting, it's going to run out. There's not going to be anything else to pull from. So if we're not sacrificing, a relationship should not be 50-50. A relationship is 100-100. All of you loves all of the other person. All of you loves all of God. And all of God loves all of you. When you have to sacrifice, it makes the relationship more real. You see, with my friend Brian and I, we wanted something good. We wanted some fish. So what did we sacrifice? We sacrificed our safety. We almost died. But God saved me to have me here today to talk to you guys, right? So we sacrificed our safety. For LeBron to get to where he is today, he had to continually make sacrifices. And what I, want, what I want to encourage you guys with is when we sacrifice something to God, God doesn't just take an empty sacrifice, but he gives something back to us. And what he gives back to us is always better than what we gave up. You want God to give you more joy? Lay down your depression at the foot of the cross. You want, you want God to come through for your children and for God to bring your children back to him? Lay down the hurt and offense that you have towards him at the foot of the cross. When we lay something down to Jesus, he doesn't just take it like, all right, thanks for the sacrifice. But he takes it and he gives us something better in return. So I want to encourage you guys, don't feel like you're going to be at a loss because you sacrificed something. But subtraction to our flesh equals addition to our spirit. When you subtract something that's holding you back, when you subtract something that's taking your time, that's taking your love, that's taking your joy, that's taking your hope, you lay that down and that subtraction to your flesh will, flesh will equal an addition to your spirit. God will give you the hope you're looking for. God will fill you with the peace that surpasses all understanding. God will fill you with the unconditional love that he's all in on you with when we lay things down at the cross. There's a story in the Bible in 1 Kings chapter 18. Elijah comes up to these prophets of Baal. So at this time, Israel's worshiping this God named Baal, and they're far, far away from where God wanted them to be. And Elijah sends, sends, or God sends Elijah into the situation. He's like, Elijah, I'm gonna use you to show these Israelites that Baal's a false god and that I'm the one true God. And so he sends Elijah out there. He's like, he's like, we want both of you guys to make altars. So Elijah tells the prophets of Baal to make an altar. Elijah comes over here and makes an altar. And the deal that Elijah made is the God who sets the altar on fire first is the one true God. And so the prophets of Baal make their altar and Elijah has them go first. All throughout the day, all through the night, they're walking around the fires, singing chants to Baal, cutting themselves, doing all these ridiculous things to make their God hear them. And to no avail. And I love Elijah because he's like, hey, maybe your God is sleeping. Like, I, I love a good Christian who's willing to, to talk some trash for their Jesus in a nice way, in a polite way. But here's what happens when, when it's Elijah's turn. 
is he doesn't just come to the altar and pray over and have God set it on fire, but Elijah tells him, I want you guys to get all the water you can find. I want you to dump it on the altar. And they did that. Then Elijah goes, I want you to go find even more water, dump it on the altar, and build a moat around it. And for a third time, Elijah says, now get all the water in your reserves, pour it on the altar. And when you first read this story, you might think that Elijah's just trying to make it more difficult for God to set the altar on fire. But when you study more into the story, what we find is that at this point, the nation is in a severe drought. And all the water that they brought to put on the altar is actually all that they had in the reserves. There was no more water to give to people. There was no rain coming from the sky to refill the reserves, but they listened to Elijah. Elijah listened to God, and they put all the water on the, on the altar. Elijah says one prayer, God lights it on fire, and then the very next chapter says that God brings a rain that they hadn't seen in over seven years. Before God could give them everything they wanted, they had to lay down everything they had left. And for some of us, maybe we're finding it hard to go all in on our relationship with God because we're still holding on to things that make us feel safe. We're still holding on to things that are comfortable. And can I tell you that God doesn't just want you to sacrifice to him the bad things in your life, but that there are even good things that can become idols in our life that if we would lay them down to Jesus and put them at the foot of the cross, not only will God give them back to us, but he'll give them back in immeasurably more than we could ever think or imagine type of way. Sacrifice doesn't always just mean we're losing something, but when we sacrifice in our relationship with God always means that we're gaining something more. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. Listen to this part. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planning of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Part of going all in with God is giving him our hurt and allowing him to give us something better. Lay it down at the foot of the cross. Give it to Jesus and watch him give you immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus said, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Anybody think that sounds nice? A full rest. We can just give it to Jesus. I know a lot of times it just it sounds so cliche, and it sounds a lot easier than maybe it really is, but if you would truly make the choice to lay it down at the foot of the cross, 
to give God your struggles, to give him your insecurities, to give him your doubts, to give him what broke your heart 10 years ago, to give him what has wounded you against God that happened in the past or even maybe just happened yesterday. Give those wounds to God and watch him put your heart back together. I feel like a lot of times we treat our struggles, our insecurities, our offenses. Anybody seen Lord of the Rings? We treat them like Gollum. Like we got, like we got this ring in our hand, and we're not giving, we're not going to give it up for anything. These struggles are precious to us. This anxiety comforts me in the weirdest way possible. This depression, this bitterness, this impatience makes me me. I'm not me without this struggle. Can I tell you that's a lie? And that if you could just lay it down at the foot of the cross, you would see who you really are called to be. If you would choose to go all in with Jesus, he's not just going to set you free, but he's going to show you who he created you to be. It just requires sacrifice. How do I go all in with God? We have to make time. We have to sacrifice. And number three, we need to go all in on ourselves. Go all in on yourself, which I know as we're talking about going all in with God, it sounds weird to say in order to do that, we have to go all in on ourselves. But what I want to share with you guys, and this is something that I feel like the Lord has put really heavy on my heart to do, is I want to encourage you with the value that God sees in you. You have value in the eyes of God. No matter what people have said, no matter the actions that they've taken against you, none of that can rob the value that God sees in you. He is your creator, and he has created you to be a masterpiece. And when we can honor the creation that God made, we can love God better. When we go all in on ourselves, we can go all in on God. Why? Because we're honoring his creation. We're honoring what he spent time making. Anybody ever made or given a gift, and you were so excited to give this gift, and you give it to the person, and their reaction is, Anybody ever done that? You just completely flopped on a gift. I pride myself in gift giving. That's one of my favorite ways to show love. And I gave a gift to Shelby. I think it was for our first anniversary. And I found this thing online, and you could, you could literally write your own book to your loved one. You put, like, you submit pictures, and it makes this animation of you and the person you're writing to. And it's this whole book, super cheesy, super lovey-dovey very opposite of me and Shelby, like, I am that way, she's not that way, and I give to her, I'm like, man, I'm gonna get so many brownie points, this is the cool, she's gonna read it every day, and it's gonna remind her of my unfailing love for her, and if y'all asked her right now where that book was, she couldn't tell you, she couldn't tell you, she'd be like, oh, well, there's a chance it's in one of these three places, I know because I asked her the other day, where's that book, she goes, it's either in this place, this place, or this place, I'm like, and I remember at first I was like, man, that really hurts. But I put on a smile and I said, oh, that's okay, sweetie. You don't have to like it. That's okay. But honestly, dude, I was like, oh, man, it's funny now. I'm mostly over it now. <laughs> but I, I want you guys to imagine God giving you a gift of life. God giving you his love. God going all in on you and saying there is value. And I want you to look at, imagine yourself talking to God right now. Everybody, actually, imagine that. Close your eyes. I want you to picture that right now. Imagine you're having a conversation with God. God's looking at you, and he says, I value you. I've chosen you. I love you. I've called you to do something great. Here's 
the gift of life. Here's my love. I'm all in on you. And you look out and you're like, all right, and you walk away. Imagine what that would do to the heart of God. The gift that he's given you. He spent time on it. His thoughts for you outnumber the grains in the, the grains of sand in the entire world. He is crazy about you. And to receive that gift of love and to just throw it away and forget about it, it breaks the heart of God. He wants you to see value in yourself. He wants you to know that you are called. He wants you to know that your life is more than the struggles that you're living in right now. That your life is more than the generational curses that have been running rampant in your family. But the gift that he's given you is a gift of freedom and breakthrough to walk in the true identity that he's called you to walk in. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that you are God's masterpiece. Created anew in the image of Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Maybe Peter was giving the love to Jesus that he felt like he deserved. And maybe that's why Peter couldn't give that agape love back to Jesus. Because Peter only felt worthy for phileo love. Peter said, Jesus, I don't deserve love above anything else. Peter said, I'm not worthy to be loved by someone like you in that way. Insecurity can become the biggest thief of God's blessing and breakthrough in our life. God has created you to be a masterpiece. And when you allow the words or actions of others to belittle the masterpiece that God created, it takes away the power and the breakthrough that he's wanting to put in your life through his love. There is value in you. In 1 Samuel, God told Samuel as he was preparing to pick the king of, a new king of Israel, he went to the house of Jesse. Samuel walks up and sees the buffest dude in the house, the strongest and most mature and best-looking son. And he goes, oh, God, surely that's the next king of Israel. God's response to Samuel was, no. He said, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. When we go all in in our love for God, it means that we go all in on ourselves, and we start to look at ourselves through the eyes of God instead of the eyes of others or through the eyes of what people have said to us. And when we love us well, it makes it so much easier to go all in on our love for God. Pastor Jason, if you can come up. I want you guys to imagine this picture. Shelby and I are 30, well, Shelby is 31 weeks pregnant. Shelby and, Shelby and I are, we're expecting a child. Shelby is 31 weeks pregnant. I am not. We've been taking a lot of baby classes because Lord knows I need some help. And one thing I learned is newborns eat like crazy. They will feast and feast and feast. And then when you think they have to be full, you give them a good little burp, and, they, and there they go again, another 15 pounds of formula, gone. They just keep feasting. And as I was praying and preparing for this message, I feel like this is the image that God gave me, is that insecurity eats like a newborn baby. If we don't value ourselves through God's eyes, insecurity will feast on anything all the time. Insecurity is something that will never be satisfied if we feed into it. There will always be more from our life that it will try to suck from us. There will always be more that it's going to try to steal from us. But if we can look at, our, look at ourselves through the eyes of God, we rob that ability of insecurity. Why? Because 
we're firm and confident in who God has created us to be. If we don't love the creation well, we'll never be able to love the creator well. Let me say that one more time as we prepare to close. If we don't love the creation well, we'll never be able to love the creator well. Why? Because God spent time on you. You are his masterpiece. You are his prized possession. You are his son or his daughter with whom he's well pleased. And if you don't love yourself well, what are you saying about God? Because God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't make crap. And when we look at ourselves and feel that way about ourselves, what are we saying about the ability of the creator? God sees you and he has value in you. What I love about what we've been talking about this morning, we talk about going all in on God. How can we go all in with God? God has been all in on us since day one of creation. And the cool thing about God is that he doesn't need us. He doesn't need a relationship with us, but he wants a relationship with us. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel a lot more loved and valued when I'm wanted versus when I'm needed. That's fine that God doesn't need me. But what affirms me and what reminds me of the love that God has is that he wants me. He could have everything in all of creation. He has it at the snap of his fingers. But there's nothing God wants more than for you to be all in on him. He wants to be close to you. He wants a relationship with you. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says that it was joy that Jesus endured the cross. Why did Jesus consider it joy? Not because he liked to get beat up. Not because he woke up and wanted to be beat until he was unrecognizable. Jesus actually prayed to God and said, God, if there's any other way, take this cup out of my hands. But if there's not, I'll do it. The joy that Jesus found in the cross was knowing the end result was a relationship with you. And if Jesus could make that choice, he would make the same choice 10 times out of 10. Why? Because he wants you. And he wants you to be all in on your relationship with him. And if we can choose to be all in with God, those obstacles that are standing in our way, the insecurities that are trying to steal your joy and rob you of your identity, they're gonna be a lot more, it's gonna be a lot easier for us to overcome them. Why? Because we're all in with the Father. And he's all in with us. If we give that agape love back to God, imagine what he's able to do through you. We trust this message encourages you in faith and in your relationship with Jesus. To learn more about River City Church, find us on social or visit us at rivercitychurch.co.